Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everybody, welcome back to The Shift. Uh, this week's guest is Athir Yacoub again. So we just continued on from last week. We talked a bit more about sex and shame. And Athir also told me all about the emotion wheel, which explains like how we have different emotions that we don't have the words for. So that's really great. And um, she also talked about her ex-fiance and how hard it was to decide what is important in a relationship, just not the usual stuff that we think we want and having to put yourself first and setting boundaries. And then she talked a, lot, a bit about Palestine. Um, so yeah, enjoy this episode. If you want to see the video for it, it's on the Patreon. So Patreon forward slash the shift podcast. If you want to see next week's episode, that'll be up early tomorrow. I'm going to be doing a spooky podcast tomorrow. So actually, if you want to message in any fun, spooky stories, you can try to get that up early for Halloween. So that should be fun. So I still have to figure out what we're going to do for it. But something spooky and Halloween vibes. Uh, other than that, have a lovely Halloween and enjoy this episode. And again, Patreon forward slash shift podcast. Pay what you want. Has solo episodes up there as well. And please go follow it there everywhere. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye. And I want to like touch it. It was only $40. That's a steal. Primark's amazing. We call it pennies in Ireland, but it's just, and I got a, a bunch of, like, this stuff is, it lasts long as well once you take care of it. I have a pair of, like, um, dungarees uh, that I've had for, like, since I was, like, 17. Um, or maybe- Are I those what we younger. call overalls? Yeah, like, so they're, they're like- Like a jumper. A jumper, yeah. But they have the little click, you know, like that little- Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're so cute. Cute. Okay, so let's start. I think where we left off, this is recording, where we left off was we were talking about shame for women versus men and the double standard. And you were saying from your unique perspective as a Muslim woman. Um, and I think that was kind of, I can't remember where we wrapped it up. We wrapped it up at... um We were boarding. Oh, <laughs> you were, well, you were talking about sex and the worst thing a woman could do was have sex. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like the honor. It's all about honor. It's all about like your virginity as a reflection on the whole family or the whole tribe or the whole village. <laughs> it's like everything you do is a reflection on everybody else. So you feel like you never really have agency. And it sucks. How does your parents like... So American culture is obviously very well, it's different because you grew up in a, in Alabama. I feel like that's very Christian. People were conservative. Exactly. So it was like, you know, conservative upon conservative. Yeah. Okay. So and would you your family would still be conservative. So they would 
would they talk to you about that would they be like don't have sex still or is oh my god not- no it's like an understood thing you just like it's like it's not even it's so bad you don't even it's like like your parents wouldn't be like don't murder right like you've never had to be you no one's had to tell you that but you know that and then so was there ever a sex education uh no no this is what happens traditionally the night before your wedding, your mom pulls you aside and tells you, or somebody pulls you aside and tells you what's going to happen. Like it's your first time. Um, Cause if you're a good Muslim girl, that will be the first time anyone touches you. And I guess it's the same for the Christians in Alabama yeah. down the South. They believe the same as well. And um, yeah. so then growing up in, cause did you, when you're like, you know, usually in school, it's like, I guess, between 12 and 15, where they give like a sex education. They don't do it in Ireland. They do. Like they don't quick... do that in Alabama. No, that's what I was thinking. So they don't do it at all in Alabama. Right. Yeah. We had a health class, but nobody ever talked about sex. Like I learned that from my classmates, my classmates in high school were having sex. And that's how I learned about sex was through public school in Alabama. And I was like, oh, everybody's having sex, but me, but it wasn't like, something I was ashamed of. I was just like, oh, okay. Like, I guess that's just how it is. I'm just going to be that person. Um, but high school, I feel like that's young, but maybe not. Maybe I've just been, I mean, people used to get married at 15. So maybe having sex at 15 is, is it's even less of a commitment. Yeah, no, it is young, especially it's young when it's people are doing it. And then it's like you said, you learned it off your schoolmates. So it's the blind leading the blind. It's kind of like, oh, yeah. just pull it out. It'll be fine. Or oh, <laughs> you do this or so it's just like a complete it's just so unsafe when you don't give them the tools to totally. kind of protect themselves. But yeah, so that's you were from. And then so in Palestine, do they give a sex education? Do you know any of your friends? No, I mean, not in school, but I remember my cousin told me she took a sex education, like a whole course, like there's a, now there's like a progressive, I guess, place that you can go to just take these courses, um, like independent courses. Um, and one of them, she told me was about all like the, just, uh, just the anatomy of, uh, our, our, sex organs and just learning these words in Arabic. Cause she's like, I hadn't even learned or heard these words in Arabic. Like, I don't know what the word for like hard or orgasm or horny or, you know, like none of these words, we don't even have the proper understanding of the language or know the terminology for the, for our sexual organs and anatomy. So Um, I know there's like a course like that, that my cousin and a few friends like took and said it was like really enlightening and kind of trying to remove some of the shame around it. Um, Because yeah, despite what people want to think they're the religious folks, like people are fucking left and right, but uh, you you can't be open about it because then you'll, you know, get honor killed. No, I don't know. Maybe possibly. (laughs) But you said it's quite progressive where you were in Palestine. I mean, my city was, but like there's certain things that are still um, overall, it's still a Muslim majority country and follows kind of these customs and traditions, even though it's not technically under like Islamic law, but there's that influence yeah, for sure. And there's just societal norms that people, whether you're Muslim or Christian kind of don't really step outside of. 
Um, so I moved to New York to, at 21 and I was like, peace out. Let me just figure my own shit out and who I am. And like, it's, sometimes it's hard to know for so long when you've been conditioned that way, where your family ends and you begin. And I, I'm still struggling with that. Yeah. And I think shame is like, cause even I still have shame and stuff and it's like trying to get over that, but it feels like my, my definition of it is like, it feels like regret. Like you've been told something's bad, so you should feel bad about it. And then you have this regret feeling and it's like a horrible way to live. Yeah. And I realize like guilt is a big theme in my life. Like everything makes me feel guilty. <laughs> like everything, everything I do, I feel guilty about, but I'll still just sort of brush it. Away. I'm trying, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Even like things where you shouldn't feel guilty. I mean, most times, unless you've done something wrong, um, but it, just drawing boundaries with people then I feel guilty about it. something I'm working on in therapy and or I uh I splurge on something for myself I enjoy it but I feel immediately guilty Same. um everything I do is like rooted in guilt I realize you know you eat too much you feel guilty you whatever like everything is like that's the reaction and I wonder if that's just because that's the most uh familiar emotion that we can access really quickly and um, well, maybe it's, just, it's, it's the one thing, I guess, that religions use as a tool. So if you feel guilty, you'll re repent and you're with them. And I think and that, anything pleasurable, it's like, that's what it is, right? Anything pleasurable gives you guilt. And so maybe uh, like that's just been kind of like programmed in my head, whether it's like physical pleasure, or whatever, you know, everything you can't do, like anything that feels good it's drinking or whatever all the things that give us like technically pleasure also give us guilt yeah and it's awful it's like I also think because they explain so well what guilt is and that we should feel it all of the time um that but they don't give us what the other emotions are so it's like yeah exactly <laughs> I don't know how to communicate other I'm like I think I'm happy I think I'm sad I don't know there's like a bunch of in between here that no one's there's, me the words some, there are some emotions between guilt and shame there must be some <laughs> somewhere on the spectrum <laughs> I've had people to tell me like I felt guilty I feel guilty if I'm not overworking and then I make myself sick and people are like you need to just enjoy your life I said it to Sabine yesterday I was like I felt guilty because I watched too much Netflix and it's like that's mm -hmm. if it was someone else I'd be like like I'm able to justify it if I put it as someone else. I'm like, oh, if this was someone else, I'd be like, well, you work at night. It's okay. You watch TV during the day. You're out the whole night working. Or I'm like, oh, I didn't do any enough comedy work today. And I might have recorded two podcasts, did like a TikTok video. And I have to be like, oh, no, that is just everything. Or food. I felt guilty because I was spending money on food. And it's like, you need this to live. I felt guilty because I was buying like oat right. instead of like, you know, I'm like, should I just drink no right. milk? I can't drink regular milk, but oat milk's like five dollars. Oh, right. Insane way to live. It is. I totally understand that. I totally understand that when it's been ingrained and it, it becomes uh, kind of debilitating at some point. But I think the main. I think one way we can combat guilt is with self compassion and yeah. acceptance, and that's the only thing I think we can really do is just give like those same compassion that you give to friends. And seeing how we let everything slide with people that we love. I mean, we should love ourselves the most, um, not in a obviously egotistical, narcissistic way, but it's like, 
not in a Kanye. <laughs> I yeah, love they can myself. love each other a little less. <laughs> yeah, some people need to love yeah themselves less. Come talk to me and Katie if you need help with that. But if you need, but if you're feeling some people guilt, need some shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're feeling guilt, you probably should love yourself more. If you're just like I'm the fucking bee's knees, <laughs> <laughs> might be like a bit much. Well, yeah, like I guess whatever makes you happy once you're not hurting anybody else and, and yourself. Yeah. It was actually because um, you were saying about narcissists, but we've we've talked a lot about narcissists and narcissists. Oh, people. yeah. We dated a lot of narcissists. We attract a lot of narcissists. Like, And it's probably to do with that shame and guilt because we're so willing to like we have had to put in boundaries where we're not people pleasing or not like, oh, yeah, of course I do anything for you. Oh, I want to help you where it's like, oh, it's OK to say, no, I don't want to do this or and once you start putting up those boundaries, you attract better friends and better people to date. But you dated you had a a really uh, stressful relationship, quite like your last. Yeah, right before the pandemic. Yeah, I was engaged. Like I almost got married to this person I was with for like four and a half years. And uh, they were a narcissist. They had also, they were dealing with mental illness, with bipolar disorder. And, um, but that all just kind of came on its head the last, like, I guess, six months of the relationship when everything sort of culminated into one big shit storm and things were like unraveling, but I didn't, I think my biggest, I don't want to say regret because I don't believe in regrets. And if I didn't live through it, then I wouldn't be here now and have the wisdom that I have. It's like, you can't pick and choose, like, you know, get the wisdom from the experience, but not actually live through it. Unfortunately, sometimes like life is the best and worst teacher and you just have to go through shit before you um, know how to, you know, uh, I My guess, dad says, um, yeah. well, he says it to me specifically. He's like, you just learn the hard way. <laughs> My brother says to me, like, say I, whatever, lost money on something or what he's like, it's an expensive lesson. I'm like, yes. And that can mean, that you know, monetary or like emotionally can be an expensive lesson, but it is what it is. But yeah. And I think, you know, Katie, you and I have talked about this a lot of like how we're also empaths and we are positive and, you know, that attracts a lot of people who are, you know, energy vampires and just want to drain your energy and, um, and narcissists, because we're not going to turn those people away, even though like I knew in my gut, that was what I was going to say is like my biggest, I don't want to say regret, but something that I've learned or lesson is to listen to my gut and to listen to myself because it will never steer you wrong. Like I knew, I knew it was like, it was making me anxious from the get go. I knew I felt bad around this person. I knew I felt like something was off, but he was Palestinian. He was Muslim. He was liberal. He didn't believe in all the like bullshit parts, but took a lot of the cool parts of the culture and tradition. And I was like, boom, like that's enough for me. My parents like checked all the boxes, but none of my actual, I never sat and thought about what my real values are beyond this little like arbitrary checklist that I've been told since birth that I have to abide by, like be with someone who is Palestinian Muslim. Like I want to be with someone Palestinian, but like I've tried two long-term relationships with Palestinian guys and they both, you know, kind of, I don't know. There, there are a lot of therapy sessions. <laughs> I understand what you're saying though. Cause ideally I've always wanted to end up with an Irish man, but you are right. So it'd be like, oh, Irish crack banter gets it. We'll offer tea, you know, like we'll understand the cultural, but then it's like, oh, actually 
meeting someone who is like the more deeper stuff. So like emotionally intelligent, kind, um, you know, all of those other things are actually more important in the long run. Absolutely. Yeah. And that took me, I mean, you know, it's been a couple of years now and I'm still unlearning and uh, some of the things. And we, I think every day I'm just trying to figure out like, oh, actually this is what I want versus what, you know, um, my, my parents or society has led me to think that I want, and that's hard to, um, untangle sometimes it, it really is. So I I'm, I'm still kind of figuring that out, but, um, yeah, thank God for therapy and thank God for good friends like you and our whole Hawaii crew, um, <laughs> which now I love, I love our little group chats and being like, this thing happened and we can like really help like because I trust you guys and I know that you have my best interests at heart. So it's, it's helpful when you have people that care about you, tell you like what's up and, 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 and let you know. And now I'm more likely to listen than before, because I had this experience like, and, and such like, you know, trauma from it. I mean, and so now I'm more willing to listen, um, to myself, but also to the people that care about me rather than think like, oh, well, I just don't want to hear anything negative. You know, sometimes we get into that headspace and you, we get defensive when someone tries to tell us something. Well, when it's someone you like or care about, you can get defensive and want to protect them. And so that's, it's hard to listen to what people, and I've been there myself. Like Lindsay was one of the first people to tell me about the this guy didn't believe in space she was like <laughs> she's like you need to end this and then I did and I got back with him and she's like okay but like it's not good news you know well, it's he not- doesn't believe in space he is hot though and we get it now we all get why you stayed with him yeah know? for the listeners I didn't realize I like because I have all of my photos forever I've like 20,000 photos on my phone and I like looked back to see if I still had a photo of him and I did sorry Leland um but I showed <laughs> you guys and you were like yeah we don't believe in space either <laughs> yeah we're like what space fuck space I get it <laughs> but that was something so like what we talked about the other night the four of us was um and I think this comes back to guilt and again to my relationship with the space guy your relationship with your ex-boyfriend is um we feel guilty putting in boundaries as well because we feel like we don't want to hurt the other person and we don't want to be like no you shouldn't expect this like I I think that comes back to guilt as well so having to learn to because if someone's like you're like oh I want I don't want to have to see you every night or I want I want to go out I want to go out with my friends and then they're like they feel like sad or upset or you hurt them you're like never mind I don't need friends I just want to right right we're 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 so quick to look after the vulnerable we're quick to uh self-abandon because we're used to it awful and that's something I had to learn how did you learn that from when it like blew up with your uh like his ex-fiance so you're like in love with this man how did you kind of decide to be like okay I need to put myself first even though because a lot of people will probably stick by even though it could be traumatizing but I I did I I I did I was gonna stick by everything I was gonna take all of it I was gonna stick by every piece of it what happened which ended up being a grace from God is that I found out uh, we were supposed to take like a three-month separation and then he was like I'm gonna go get right in the head get therapy blah 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 which if you were newly diagnosed with a major mental illness or anything even three months of therapy is not going to be enough to like get you on track um then I found out he cheated on me and he didn't uh multiple times like and my friend is the one that had to tell me because he told her and she was like mm-hmm. if you don't tell it here I will and then he moved out and didn't tell me and then she told me the same day so here I was thinking we're taking a break and then she's like um 
wait, he didn't tell you anything else. And then I, what a fucking coward. I had to hear this from my friend. Um, and that made me feel so much shame. Like you know, now, oh, it's hard because like all of, there was a bunch of reasons why you should. And then there's, but you feel this ex- expectation to have to like stand by someone or like work through it or because he is Muslim and from Palestine and your family love that you're nearly sacrificing your happiness, but it took him having to do something it's like it's it's like we really can take a beating if that makes sense yeah exactly because you could have left him before any of that and you don't have to stand I wanted to I just couldn't he like manipulated me into staying and this has also been a theme with my first boyfriend he I tried breaking up with him three times and like he manipulated me into staying and coming back and getting back together it was torture it was hell and then you know, cut to a couple of years after that, then I meet this guy and I'm like, all right, like this seems easy, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't easy, but it felt easy because of there was no, um, you know, resistance from my family, but I ignored my own inner resistance and logic and reasoning and feelings. And, and um, yeah, I think there's just something about how quick we are to self-abandon that is worth examining and looking at. And I'm still trying to figure out where does that come from? why am I doing that? Um, maybe there, I don't know. Um, but all things to kind of figure out. Well, also you said about the anxiety, I think as well, when you're like now in hindsight, you're able to look back and say, well, like that was making me so anxious. I should have known I should have trusted my gut. But I think at the time for a lot of people, anxiety can be confused with like, like that feeling of butterflies or passion because they're very similar. I feel anxious, but maybe I'm just excited because we have literally not been taught the specifics of emotions because we're so new as a species to learning about it. I think as there's been so many times where I've been like, in hindsight, I'm like, that guy was giving me anxiety attack, but I thought that was like passion. I thought that was romance. I thought I was like butterflies, but really that was the little bugs being like, get out, get out. This guy's crazy. Um, speaking of emotion, you just remind me, I need to put this in, in sight and in plain sight. My friend um, Noor sent this to me, who is a very funny comedian. Um, it's a emotion wheel. And oh so, my God, will you send me a picture of that? I will. I will. Because we have trouble. Um, again, if you zoom out, the more you zoom out, the more intricate and more details these emotions become. But, you know, you see at the base, like you're like angry, happy, bad, this, you know, whatever, distressed, something I can't read backwards. And then you zoom out and you're like, this is how many all of these emotions, all of these emotions that, so this helps with journaling, which I've not been doing that much, but even if you're like, okay, so I'm, am I feeling happy? Am I feeling fearful? I'm feeling angry. We zoom out a little bit. The next tier is like, oh, I'm let down. I'm humiliated. You zoom out. I'm betrayed. So like all of these words are descriptions of emotions that we have not been taught to or have been used to like um, using to describe how we're feeling because we don't have the emotion. Uh, we don't have the words to put to a feeling. So, um, and then, you know, even uh, psychologically, the brain, the amygdala, the overactive anxious part of the brain, when you can name the emotion, it calms down. So even just being able to identify the emotion, even if you haven't um, necessarily found a way to over, you know, deal with it, 
the first step is just identifying it. And that sometimes is enough for the brain to just like take a step back for a second, because our brain is so it's like always trying to solve a puzzle and is always looking for something. So there's like that overact, like, what am I feeling? But when you can put words to your emotion, that at least it's step one. So I'm going to, I'll send this to you. I'll put, I need to put it in. I was supposed to use this to journal, but I'm glad you brought it up, but that's what you um, kind of reminded me of that. There are that's all so these great. Because especially because like for toddlers, if you look at toddlers, they get so frustrated and have temper tantrums when they can't figure can't explain to you that they're hungry. Mm-hmm. because They don't have the words. That's the same with us. It's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. To be like, I don't know what I'm feeling. It's in there, but I can't express it. Mm-hmm. So like, that makes sense that just knowing the word would calm me down. I did my first therapy session and she was like, what is the reason you really come in? And I was like, I don't know. Sometimes my brain gets fuzzy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, I wake up and I'm like, I can't deal with today. I'm going to go back to sleep, but then I feel fine. But I'm also like, that's, but I don't know what the feeling is when I wake up. Lindsay was like, that's depression. <laughs> uh, I <laughs> love like, also that you said, you, sorry, I didn't cut you yesterday you joked about this, about you not, um, wanting to cry in front of your therapist. And I totally relate. I totally relate. I was I was like for the listeners basically her FaceTime wouldn't work and it was my first therapy session but I feel like ever since I've been dating Leland I've been like crying a lot but I don't know why I just find a lot of our like he's like a safe space and he's like it's okay to cry and he really tries to push me with stuff like that in like a healthy way and I think I've like had a lot of it locked up so like once he kind of like once I started it's like now I'm crying over like of course I'm like oh my god look at that cat talking to that dog you know (laughs) it's like ridiculous I'm a big crier I'm big proponent of crying love it yeah it's very new like for me to cry this much I'm sure maybe someone's like I don't know I think so but um I uh, found that her FaceTime wouldn't work so then she's on the phone and like I was like tearing the whole time we were talking about the stuff but I was really happy she couldn't see that because I didn't want her Aww. to stop or I didn't want to like you know I didn't want to dwell delve into some of those things because I wasn't ready but like Leland was like it should be good if she can see you crying and I was like no no this is perfect was happy with just a phone <laughs> but yeah I think that's a real Irish thing because it's like you know Freud said that Irish people are impervious to therapy and I think it is true in one way because I would be telling her like you know because I'm like oh, I don't ever want to be uh as if I'm making a big deal about something when it's not a big deal. So I worry it's not a big deal. Then I'm like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, no, my mother did this. And I would say like some like kind of, I guess if you said it to me, I'd be like, that's horrific. But when it's me, I'm like, but that's fine. Like, I'm fine. Like, I feel fine now, but I feel like it might come up at some stage. And then I would say something else. But you're, you're constantly trying to be like, but don't worry, I'm good. It's okay. Um, and it's such an Irish thing. You don't want to put people out with your emotions. And I'm really learning it here because people here are very like, expressive with their emotions mm-hmm. and it's like a different world to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's very true and I think that um I know Arabs are pretty emotional I mean there's still the stereotype of men not being emotional like that still exists but I would say um I do still feel like my first therapy sessions when I was crying I felt the same way I think that just goes back to maybe us also always feeling the ones that we have to console other people and uplift them. So like if I'm crying and I see that it's making you uncomfortable, I'm going to start backpedaling and try to make you comfortable. Even if it doesn't make you uncomfortable, I'm going to think it's going to make you uncomfortable. I literally was apologizing my therapist for crying. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I'm crying. She's like, what? Like, this is the one place you should be able to cry. And actually I haven't cried in a month, which is really weird for me. Um, yeah, well, I'm but... crying enough for the both of us. <laughs> okay, good. I'm sure they'll all have a flood come in and that's fine. 
Um, but I don't know. It's kind of weird. I mean, I've, I've, I've been dating someone who's really nice and awesome and like, haven't had a totally different feeling, totally different vibe than that anxious, overactive, like jumpiness that I like, no one should make you feel that way, whether they're a friend or a romantic, especially a romantic partner. But it takes you a while to get to, because with Leland, I was like, I was just thinking about this when we were in Boston. I was like, I'm so happy. I love him so much. I'm so glad we're together. But the first like month, I wasn't like super sure because it wasn't that anxious, crazy, possessive sort of passion, but it's like normal and it's That's nice healthy. and it's respectful. It's healthy. And I even said it to him in the car on the way back here. I was like, what was so nice about being in Hawaii is like, yeah, I missed him, but I was happy to be there with my friends. I wasn't like pining. I wasn't like, oh, I wish Leland was here. I was happy. I, I, felt secu- I feel secure in our relationship. And he was like, yeah, I was the same. I was like, like I missed you but it was also nice to like have a week do my stuff and then spend more time with you when you get back and he's like yeah this is the way and I didn't feel like I've dated like the space guy when I went away on a tour for (laughs) 10 days he was like like each night he was like send me a picture like a selfie of you at home but I in hindsight he was just making sure it was like it was very controlling and I would have to call him every night and he'd be just like I just can't wait till you get home and it's yeah, but it's like uh, someone you're going to be with forever. It's like, yeah, take a fuck off for a week. You know, I'll see you when you're back. It's fine. That's Obsessive nice. is never good because then it's less about you and it's more about the idea of you. And yeah. that's never, that's not a good thing. But it's like, we have to really then when we meet someone where it's easy and nice and normal, be like, you have to constantly remind yourself, oh, this is the way it should be. Because you're used to, I was used to that kind of, every guy I dated before. Now, in fairness, during the pandemic, I definitely dated like I dated a really nice guy. I was just wasn't attracted to him. And I really changed what I was trying to date to. But before that, I was very used to these kind of like mm, intoxicating, like intense relationships. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just trying to figure that out. There was something else I was going to say there and I completely forgot. But yeah, I, lo- I love what your guy now that you're kind of. Yeah, it sounds great. It's like also I always say like with Leland as well and I'm glad it's worked out but at the start I really was like like it was like a science project for me as well in one way that I was like I want to date a good guy I want to not be in a toxic relationship and I was happy to date him because I was like even if it didn't work out with him this is I'm on the path to like good men um, and good healthy relationships exactly we're attracting better people exactly but it took like really making it like homework I had to really be like like you said write a list of what I want not just like you know immigrant or from Ireland or whatever um uh, or like cool and fun like deeply like what I want inside and how they should treat me and what my standards are and what I deserve and what to expect and like to kind of and then it's I had to start doing it in friendships as well like actually I need because here's the other thing too with men and friendships or dating and friendships when we're not setting the boundaries in a part of me is like it's also it becomes expected it becomes normal so uh like with like for friendships for example if I'm not setting a boundary and I'm just doing everything for you when I decide to set the boundary it makes sense that they're kind of like hey what the fuck because they're used to it Mm -hmm. so it's like it's also on us to like well we train people how to treat us right we we train it makes sense if they're like a bit upset and they might not realize because all of a sudden you're pulling back and they're like, what the fuck? Because they were expected it. So yeah, it's like they, they might, they might feel hurt. They might feel mad. They might feel, but because, so that was something with me. I was like, I need to start 
putting boundaries in from the start. Um, exactly. Cause it becomes so much harder if you try to do it later. Like, right. The but, yeah. They're like, wait, I'm not used to this. Why are you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, will I read the questions from our, my, my favorite <laughs> listener? She's the best. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of thoughtful questions. Let's make, um, see if I covered it all. Um, she loved you. Um, oh, thank you so much. I'm always afraid. I don't know how to pronounce her name properly, but I want to give her a shout out. So I think it's Aisha. So she can text me and be like, well, you fucked it up, <laughs> but she's great. She listens to a bunch of podcasts, uh, uh, New York based ones, but let's see. We talked about being in love before. Um, how do you find out because the person you're dating isn't your religion and isn't from Palestine is American. How does that, how do you feel about that? That's like a big thing. Right? Yeah. Big, big thing. Big thing. I don't know. I am trying to figure out I've tried the, I've tried it the other way. So let me try it this way. Like I've dated people that weren't my religion and background culture before. I don't personally, I don't care about religion, but like i the first guy I dated was Palestinian Christian and then a Palestinian Muslim guy. But um, I always envisioned myself with someone Palestinian or Arab, but that's because like Palestinians were very nationalistic and we're very much about the cause. Like it's not just my uh, whatever nationality, it's my identity in so many ways. So it becomes kind of hard to, um, I guess, disentangle those two things. So I, I'm struggling with that part, but he's already super like eager about learning about it and wants to learn Arabic. And I'm like, all right, so you're all like, it's only, but I, I, I'm just Brilliant, learning. Though. Yeah. No, someone it's, the, rather it's the like best. learn yeah. your culture than someone who's, I, I, I remember I was dating this guy. He wasn't, he wasn't great, but he said this thing to me because he's Muslim. And he, um, I said like, well, could you see yourself long-term with someone, a woman who's not Muslim? And he was like, before, no, but more recently I realized that morals are more important. And once they have the yes. same, yeah. And like, that is because if I were just like, oh, I just really want to date someone from Ireland. And then I get someone from Ireland. I like, I dated that alcoholic from Ireland, but I was just so happy he was from Ireland, but it was like, he was an alcoholic and we didn't have the same goals. Whereas at least with Leland, yeah, he's American, which is kind of annoying. But, <laughs> I agree know, with you. Yeah, he was like, he was like, I'm always like, oh, that's so American of you. And I have to, right. like, I have to over communicate a lot. Like, so I have to be like, no, you got to ask me a call. I think we said this already on the earlier. I have to really over communicate my culture but he's willing to learn and I just you know I just exactly. have to extra step and um yeah and I think because we're both like even though you were born in Alabama you spent a big chunk of your childhood in Palestine so to me you are an immigrant and there's that yeah immigrant. I moved there when I was six months so I was baby yeah you're uh, an immigrant <laughs> then moved back yeah so, so there's a big thing of like having them understand that that we've come from our home country we're in this new world um but yeah once someone's willing to kind of yeah, there's so many times that I'm like, like, I remember Leland asking me like on the second date, how, like about my green card status. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're but an immigrant would never ask you that. Cause they know like, it's really private, but that's, like that's really private. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, we, whatever you need to stay, obviously like you just don't ask 
you don't ask. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like also again, you're not from here. You're, you know, and he, they don't realize all the connotations to it or how much or the fact that it costs so much. There's like so much, okay, in that question is so loaded because it's like monies, lies, are you here legally? What did you do? What like it's I'm like and Yeah, I'm, you I, wouldn't ask someone who wasn't like an immigrant that question. That's weird. Um do you guys have a, a word in like in Ireland? Do you refer to people who are not Irish as something like like for, like in Arabic? We have a word for foreigners, but we really mean Americans usually. Oh. I guess not. No, maybe someone will write in and be like, "Yeah, we do." Um, I can't like think these of Americans like slang. yeah, yeah. Just, but like we do have a like, like gringos, I guess for yeah. Well, I guess that's like a white people or, or yeah. foreigners. So yeah, <laughs> we joke about uh, Americans a lot, but um, because they're like in our stereotype of them they're loud and kind of like they're very literal as well it was so funny when when me and Leland were in Boston and I find this because I I actually the more that I'm here uh, Irish slang and the way we speak is probably a bit more poetic compared to there like yeah. you know like if you feel sick you say I'm in bits and like you know you'd be like oh you know but I, when you think yeah. about it I guess that means you're not whole or like all of our slang yeah. is very like or I love it food would say like oh that's gorgeous but Americans are like that's not the right word for that that doesn't fit mm. they're very so I was d- down with Leland and the concierge or whatever the heck you call them the hotel lady a receptionist and I was like um is it okay to drink from the toilet and like obviously an Irish person would know I'm asking is the water okay for the water the, the sink yeah, yeah yeah and like her and Leland both looked at each other and they shared this moment and she looked at me <laughs> and she was like what excuse me and I'm like <gasps> I mean like the water from the tap the toilet and I was kind of confused I like I never occurred to me that she would actually think mean literal the commode for yeah. the actual like yeah. toilet yeah Leland that's so like, funny I, I thought she was gonna go get you a ladle <laughs> <gasps> oh my god that is kind of funny I think it would have taken a person a second just like wait the, the, the toilet yeah They're just very so very literal um and very confident and uh you know and I guess a bit more like less modest and again I'm totally stereotyping and generalizing but that would be our opinion I feel back home um and bigger food portions everything is bigger oh for sure yeah. I mean that's all true I mean <laughs> yeah it is to an extent but um let's see if she asks any questions uh I would love to hear if she has ever truly been in love which we covered because you were in love with both of those men mm-hmm and that's a big thing as well. Sometimes mm-hmm. when you're love, you're just, I find so my, one of my friends I've been friends with for six years, we meet up every couple of months, just like for a catch up. She's American. She's with an Irish man. But um, she said, every time she meets up with me, I'm always like, she knows that it's going well with Leland. Cause she said, you didn't talk about him once. She was like, I didn't even realize you had a boyfriend for the past five and a half months. Um, and it was only because our other friend was like, are you dating someone? I was like, I oh, even with this guy for like five and a half months. And she was like, Oh, you're still with that guy that, cause the last time I seen her was like four months ago. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, Oh, I know it's going well. Cause you haven't mentioned him this whole, she was like, right. he hasn't like, done anything psychotic. Yeah. To she's my- like, usually you're like, Oh, he did this. Like he checked my pulse, but like, that's fine. <laughs> or he like, you know, he like, didn't tell me he had no perch, but like, that's yeah. fine. You know, he was really right. nervous to say, you know, and she's like, this is like really great that you're not and I was like yeah I don't know um so I truly love uh, okay oh um um 
It was interesting to hear about growing up in Palestine, but I don't know what to ask about that specifically. I guess one thing, but I think that's a really tricky and personal question is, does she think there will or can ever be peace? And if so, what would be necessary for that to happen? (laughs) Just an easy question. What's the answer to the Palestinian Israeli uh, 70 plus year (laughs) conflict? Although, first of all, it's not a conflict. It's an it would it would require the end of. Uh, the occupation of Palestinians giving us equal rights. I, Palestinians would like us would like to live as one state, one country. Call it whatever the fuck you want. Just give us equal rights. That's not going to fly realistically, um, because Israel wants an exclusively Jewish state. Um, we would have to. Um, I think the tides are changing a little bit, and that uh, you know because we give like thirty eight billion dollars of military aid to Israel every year to further and that comes from our tax dollars and that goes to further like oppress and um and 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 occupy palestinians and um what we want is just being treated like equal human beings because even the you know what are called arab israelis which are palestinians that live under the occupied israeli um territories they're not even treated they're treated as second class citizens even if they have citizenship so it would require you know um i mean there's a whole list of things that i could go through that palestinians kind of want um different points but it's, it is a tricky topic. I would like to, um, it's not a complicated topic. I hate when people go, it's so complicated what's happening. It's not, there's an, there's an oppressor and there's an oppressed and there is, um, you know, an ethnic cleansing and and genocide that's happening. And, uh, once we start at least using the right terminology and, and in the media and, and, um, you, you know, not making it not brushing under the rug like what israel is doing and not just that but supporting their war crimes and human rights violations at this point it's not even about land it's about human rights um so i would like to think you know i would be happy to live in like one place where we all have uh equal rights and can coexist and uh, i think palestinians for the most part that's what kind of we want is like we'll have one we we don't we're not opposed to coexisting in the same space but you can't do that when um they're encroaching on our whole existence and trying to get rid of us that's not that's not a pathway to peace so i don't really know how we're going to get there but part of it is putting economic pressure on israel stop giving them military aid to further oppress us and you can do that also by um you know not supporting israeli goods especially once that uh uh, they use like on, on set to like build settlements and to further which are illegal under international law and all of these things have been the human rights violations have been laid out even with um israel's human rights uh, uh um organizations with human rights watch with um uh with the un so all these things are very like clearly laid out but it all comes down to economic pressure because money talks and they can't expand and do what they want without our aid as, as Americans, but look up, you know, boycott BDS. Like that's the way you can like boycott um, Israeli goods that are, um, you know, going to further occupy and, uh, 
and a process. I don't know. That's uh, that's kind of my short answer. It's a very long. It's a. <laughs> well, you know, it's like because like you know, I don't know. I know what you've told me, and I know I've seen what my friends have posted and stuff, and whatever we're reading from the news. Like the news here is different to the news that I read from Ireland as well. So, a lot of people are. It's very. A lot of people are hearing different, or they're seeing different, or they're you know. So it is great to hear from your perspective and hear you say it. And honestly, because a lot of people are probably afraid to talk about it. Yeah. And we shouldn't be afraid to talk about, we should be talking about it and we should be listening to people that live there too. I mean, I've lived there. I've personally like, you know, had my life endangered multiple times by living there and, um, and I got off easy. And so just, you know, do your research. Um, I'm always happy to answer specific questions, but I hate when people have no, 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 like basis or foundation Mm -hmm. or clue. And then are like, give me like the last 75 plus year history in in, like a one word answer. And I'm like, ah, I don't know where to begin because then same with like, if you're with anything, you're putting the emotional labor on the, on the people who are, are suffering through it you know, and you just have to do some research first and then um, do what you can to answer from an open, curious uh, place and just, and compassionate. Um, It is interesting seeing the different news outlets as well. Like while I was here, when a lot of it was happening, like how my country was reporting about it via the different places reporting about it here. And it was such different, like very different what they were saying. Um, I don't know what the it right is. word for it is, but absolutely. I mean, what you're getting Fox News versus the New York Times versus like, um, you know, BBC versus like Irish News, you know, or Al Jazeera. So read all of the things. Read, you know, all of these also. Um, but also, videos uh, don't lie. Like there was a lot of videos. Video, yeah. Before. These videos are insane. Follow the IMEU. The um, international middle east uh i forgot what the u stands for i should know this well that was understanding another question that this um lady asked was how how does that how do you feel as being in new york with your friends who you know comedians as well that would obviously support um israel because they are or maybe some of them don't as well but wait let me read the question exactly that she said um because i don't want to fuck it up uh Uh, but how does she feel how does she deal with that in her life in new york for example when she encounters jewish friends or fellow comedians who may have completely opposing views because of what they've been told by their parents so she managed to always keep seeing another person's humanity and then she just said she works with refugees from war countries and i always think maintaining the view on humanity that will be Mm. one of the hardest things still seeing people from the opposing team as fellow human beings but I think you're very good at that. I, I would, mean. yeah, I would say that that's the, that's what also we want as Palestinians because Palestinians are demonized. Muslims are demonized. We're dehumanized. And the way that Israel has gotten away with all of this is by making us seem like less than and treating us as less than human beings. But I, you know, somewhat, you know, I, I work, I live in New York. I, you know, if you're Jewish, great. Like whatever, believe what you believe. I don't care. I've dated Jewish guys. I have like one of my best friends is Jewish, but they're very pro-Palestinian activists, like um, her parents. And so it, it, I don't care what 
faith you practice. I mean, I grew up in the South where Christian evangelicals Christian uh, were Zionists. And I and think, some- yeah, well, I think more what she's saying is ones that are Oh, that are okay. So yes. So first, I just want to. We always have to put this disclaimer as Palestinians. We differentiate between Zionist and Jewish. So yes, if a Zionist person comes up to me, no, I don't have any fucking compassion because I need you to like because you are. It's like saying if a Nazi comes up to you, can you like have some sort of empathy for them? Are you fucking kidding me? Or like a neo-Nazi now? Like these people are out there. They're fueled by hate they're not fueled by hate they're fueled by a lot of things i'll say i won't i won't even i won't even simplify it give them the <laughs> kind of the uh the the benefit of just saying hate is such a it's it's kind of like a cop out um they've been indoctrinated to believe what they believe but that come on we live in 2021 do some research get to know a palestinian talk to us like mm-hmm. talk to some people um do your own research your own country, like Israel has like plenty, like I said, their, their human rights watch or I'm their um, own human rights organization um, has clearly like outlined all of the violations that um, and human rights violations that they are committing. And Beth Salem is one of them. You could like look them up. Um, I have, I'm too exhausted to have a conversation with somebody like that, I just usually unfollow if, if I see some stuff. That's all. <laughs> that's good. And that's fair. Like, uh, I also think it's like very scary as a person who wants to follow their dreams and love their dreams. And we would do anything for comedy, which is like why we don't get paid enough and why we don't um, get treated right and why we don't have a HR and why we get assaulted um, is because of that mentality that we would do anything for our dreams. And this is why, you know, this is why um like like me too and all of that happened um but I think for you right now like something I've thought about is how like stressful it must be having to be like hey you know treat my people right but also there's a lot of people who don't stand by what you're saying who kind of run a lot of stuff in New York City and that's stressful even having this conversation for me I'm like <laughs> I, like, know. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Because I had people message me. I shared something about Ireland. Ireland shared uh, some stuff about how, like, he was stand by Palestine and what was going on. And like at the time, I didn't know as well. Uh, I kn- I would never occur to me that my friends would not that they would be pro um, uh, uh, people being hurt or a country. And of course, they've been told something different as well. I don't see what they've been told. So I don't necessarily understand it. And I'm able to step aside as a person who's like, and you know, I'm not a part of all of that. But I got messages, angry messages being mm-hmm. like, you don't know the full story. And I'm like, well, I just I'm seeing people's homes get taken away from them. And they're admitting to it. There, yeah. There's no, it's yeah. So there's like so much as well that I'm like, okay, I don't know, but I am just reading current news and I am just, but I got like a lot of angry messages just because of that Instagram story. And I was like, fuck, I know that's very, and then a comedian unfollowed me. They're like, that really pissed me off. And I'm like, Jesus, like, it's crazy how deep this runs. I know, but there's no reason to not be informed in 2021, do some research, look up different, you know, um, just well, what I'm saying is like, I don't know what they're being told because I'm just seeing it from what I read and everything was from 
Palestine's point of view because that's what was in my news and that was but I'm still like what are they being told (laughs) and I try to like Like, you know try to understand that but you know we all have to do some sort of education educate ourselves regardless of what you've been told that you have a right to go back there that it was promised to you that no they're told that nobody was living there they're or they're like oh but sometimes they deflect and make it about hamas and like oh well they're hamas doing this um what about the rest of like the country um well it's the same way when um we learned this in school and this is like but like when britain was occupying ireland they would show in their newspapers that irish people were apes Mm. so it's like and dehumanize like, it's yeah, the easiest like, way oh, they're dumb and um, so yeah it's like yeah I don't I just don't know what they're being told and also it's just interesting because it's like Americans you don't live there you're not from there but again I'm gonna get an anger message for saying this someone's gonna be like you don't fucking understand and I'm, <laughs> I'm it's like no then you don't understand if if you know if you're gonna be sending those kind of messages and I, you know of course like it's so ridiculous how many times i have to be like we're pro peace we're blah blah because it's like we are the ones being like constantly demon news like um i guess then so easy to do that to people when you don't see them as equals so just like you're saying with irish people being seen as apes it's just it's what's happening yeah, I mean, this is a story as old as the time. Look in South Africa with apartheid and how black people were um, treated and sequestered and and treated as as you know second class citizens. So, um, and and so like history repeats itself. This is not the first time something like this has happened. So I know I was thinking about like that saying on the wrong side of history. Like I you know I saw someone that we know post stuff. And I was like, oh, you're on the wrong side of history, Jesus, you know, but again, they're obviously whatever their parents have told them. But like, you're right. You just got to educate, educate yourself and um, talk to other people who are not from your same background. And yeah, and and that's important for everything. Yeah. You know, because, um, you know, you know, there's like British people who just don't know because they weren't weren't taught about what Irish people went through, or like, you know, and how like how how stressful it would be with the North going on now with Brexit and Europe and all of that stuff. And it's like, okay, just Google it. You know, I had I had a woman like uh, mm-hmm. write something on my TikTok about she was like taught Ireland was a part of the UK and being like, oh, well, Irish people colonized all these countries, and I was like. Just Google that. Google. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Google can be your friend. I'm like, and- keep your anger for somebody else. And then there's also as well, like when people get annoyed about like, like British people, I'm like, well, like now British is like a huge, um, like right now, people who live in Britain aren't just British from like, like they're people who move there, their parents move there. There's a lot of British other nationalities too. It's become a very... So like I had a a guy I knew be like someone like he was giving out about some like he was like that British cunt and I'm like I'm pretty sure his parents are from Ireland (laughs) you know like you're just uh, throwing out stuff and it's like just ask more questions and also again like shut up this guy getting mad at I'm like it didn't affect us so it's all fine now Um, but yeah I I agree know your just get to know just 
do your research, do your fucking research. Don't put the burden on the people who are suffering and just open up your eyes. Like there's plenty of research out there. And if you really want the truth, it's, it's out there, but yeah, it's, it's, it can be frustrating because I hope this wasn't too exhausting either. No, no, no. Listen, I hope that answered your question. I hope if this helps enlighten, inform, you know, shed any kind of light on, on what's going on, then I'm happy. And I, I feel like I, I do owe it to, you know, to, to use any platform that I have to, um, kind of, uh, bridge the gap and give people a better understanding of what's what's happening yeah no okay i'm trying to think is there anything else we wanted to cover before we end it dating wise or sex wise i think we kind of covered everything between part one and part two yeah i think this was so fun i think uh yeah thank you so much for having me okay good um and thank you aisha i hope i say your name right thank you great questions um and uh where can people follow you um you can follow me on all socials but more active on instagram at ethereum i'm on twitter tiktok i don't really use facebook that much um and no fly list pod and the podcast the no fly list at no fly list pod yes so um yeah you can follow me there and uh great Thank my you. website ethereum has Perfect. my shows I'm going to stop this recording. Thanks everybody for listening and talk to you next week. And again, DM me with any questions. Go watch the video on the Patreon, Patreon forward slash the shift podcast. But I love yous and love you. Please send me your angry. <laughs> yeah, I love you and I love the <laughs> listeners. And, you know, I'm welcome yes. to your angry messages. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to stop this recording and I'm going to talk to you for a second. Okay. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.